yeah, if you're just tuning in, we um, What's happening here is Johnny Christ is streaming on his platform. I'm streaming on mine. Okay. We are streaming to both of our audiences at once. And he is about to uh, address okay. his audience sit down my spot. right now. And we're going to talk whiskey, music, and more. Here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. Thank you. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Johnny Christ. This is Drinks with Johnny Live, and boy, do we have a special one here for you tonight. Um, I'm actually going to be doing my first ever simulcast with my new friend, Fred Minnick. He sent me some whiskeys. He has a show that he does um, where people come on and try different whiskeys, and he live chats with everybody. It's a really cool concept. Um, I'm excited to be a part of this one. Um, I hope you guys are excited, too. And thank you to all the frontliners and essential workers out there who are working their asses off to keep us, you know, sane and healthy as, as much as possible in these crazy, crazy times. So again, thank you guys so much for that. And thanks for tuning in to all of you who are watching live right now. Really appreciate it. Let's give you a round of applause. Yeah, that's right. We got you. Um, so yeah, I guess I gave you the lowdown. Um, I'm going to let Fred kind of take the reins on this one. And uh, without further ado, I bring you Fred Minnick. Johnny, doing, what's up, Johnny? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Are you, are you got all your all your uh, followers ready? They're all bills. Yeah, up. yeah. We've got a. You can't see them, but uh, there's a special emoji tonight in in the YouTube chat. It okay. is. It's the bass guitar. It's like a sweet little bass guitar. They're just. Uh, they're flowing hard for you. So there's going to be a lot of questions probably coming in for you. There's all. Who? I mean, I always knew that my you know the people who follow me on youtube are cool but uh you've got a ton ton of fans out there in the in the whiskey oh, awesome. world. that's great because i'm a fan of whiskey yeah right. <laughs> sense, it works right? out <laughs> so, so well how do you want to start this off I'm, I'm cleaning i'm cleansing my palate right now with uh with a little bit of a nice little beer yeah. well i actually i actually want you to what i want you to do is I want you to find a whiskey that you know. So go go behind the bar, get something that you know before we get into our taste. Okay, I, I like this. I'm gonna get back here. And as, you, and as you're doing that, everybody who's, who's just tuning in, as you know, this isn't my normal setup. We had, uh, we had, a, we had to tone it down a little bit tonight, but um, we got a, actually uh, this, is, uh, this is the old uh, school setup. And let's take a look at what Johnny's you going watch, for. You're going to watch me and my short ass get all the way to the top. That's, that's something special for the fans right there is my backside going all the way up there. Uh, yeah. Well, it was either that or a shirtless episode. <laughs> it, was, it almost came to a shirtless episode. That yeah. is true when we were doing our test run before this. <laughs> all right. So oh, this is, Johnny, what I'm going to take you through. I'm going to take you through a whiskey calibration now okay. this, this is really really important because what whiskey did you grab one of my go-to's lafroy 10. okay boy so everybody oh. uh when, when johnny <laughs> and i first started talking he he talked about i asked him what kind of whiskey he likes he's like i like really peaty stuff he wasn't shitting around he just went straight to like the, <laughs> the peat bomb city so <laughs> so do this take a sip of it smell it take a sip of it and see if it hits your palate like it normally does and see if you're, you smell what you normally smell out of it. Okay, let's go smell first. 
So far, so good. Ah, oh, my good old lover. It's like your right hand, you know? Mmm. Mmm. Yeah. Tasty second. It's, you know, it's funny is when I first had this bottle, it was in Canada, and uh, we were at like a cigar bar, and they had some of this, and I tried it, and at the first time, all I could taste was like Band-Aids, like, and, and tar. And then it started to turn more into like a sea water taste for me. I don't know. You know, Band-Aids and tar, you know, that, you know, those are go-to flavors for people. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. You got to drink past that, though. Now, did you get any goat shit in that? Because that would be the trifecta, Band-Aids, tar, and goat shit. Uh, uh, duck shit, actually, or goose <laughs> shit, because it is, it, is, uh, it is from the PD area of Scotland. That's, <laughs> that moss, you know, has got a lot of goose shit in it. It does have the goose shit. Well, so now, <laughs> now that we got we got it uh, nailed down, that your 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 palate is is definitely dialed in. You, you know what you're going after, and you do normally drink whiskey. This is we're not just fucking around. You no. you're not a vodka drinker. You drink whiskey. I drink whiskey. I mean, I I, I drink other things. I mean, look at my bar. I drink other things, but I do predominant whiskey is my main love. Absolutely. Now, when you're on the road, do you have a do you have a different uh, flavor? Do you have a different taste that you want when you're out on the road? No, I mean this is one of the ones that's on our rider. To be honest, it's one that we that we generally get um, on a special occasion. We might send out for like a logable in sixteen, like you like you graciously sent. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Ugadol, um, we'll get some of those. Um, but yeah, they they regularly stay in the pretty peated area, to be honest. All right. Well, you you gave me a mission. Uh, so you said you like you like Pete. I sent you Logable and sixteen year old, mm -hmm. and it it's probably not fair that we we go to that right after the the Lafroy. So yeah. what I did, everybody, is that based on Johnny's flavor profile, he really likes smoke, he really likes peat, and he does know his he does knows his whiskeys. So what we are going, what we did is I sent him uh, American whiskeys that have like hints of smoke, or you know what could be interpreted you know by some as peat. We're gonna taste those first, and then what we're going to do is we're going to come back and taste the Logable and 16-year-old um, and see where we where we landed. Okay, now, do you want me to have water in all seriousness in the years to like clean the palate in between? Uh, you know what? Probably a good idea. Okay, I've got I've got my uh, got my canteen I'm ready to go. You got a little canteen there. You know something mm -hmm. else for cleansing the palate? <clears throat> almonds, like raw almonds, really really good. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, right. that's good to know. That's good information that. for next time. All right, so, so what let's we start. start with? Let's start with the Thomas Handy. Okay. Now, now this is not an easy to get uh, rye whiskey, but it is. Um, last year, this particular bottle won my um, American uh, Rye Whiskey of the Year. Okay. Um, now, before we go on, is it okay? You want me to like rinse out the thing every time, or? Oh yeah, you should probably have a, especially after Lafroy. I, I could grab a fresh glass. Too. Yeah, just grab a fresh glass. I would. I would grab a fresh glass. Okay. 
I've got I've got plenty of these glasses, so if we're just gonna go through, I'll just keep grabbing some freshies then. <laughs> so I've got people tight. Uh, got people commenting in the chat saying, "Oh shit, you're going to ruin him." That's for me. <laughs> And then, and then John Henderson says, uh, starting out with a Titan. So look, I take this stuff seriously. So like, I gotta, I gotta win this mission guys. I gotta, yeah. I gotta make Johnny like American whiskey. So <laughs> this is serious stuff. Yeah. All right. So I, let me make sure I got the right one. Tom, Thomas Handy, you said, right? That's yep. the one you sent me. Yeah. I'm, yep. I'm going to pour it in a new glass here. Oh, I should probably take the topper off. That would, that would help. Let's see what we got here. That thing popped right back out. My wife's diaphragm. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so Ooh. I like I like to start these off with a little bit of like a tasting tutorial. These kind of like because Scotch is very different than uh, American whiskey. American whiskey, the style, is really based on the barrel. Uh, scotches are aged and used bourbon barrels and used American whiskey barrels. And so this is actually a rye, which is not a unique product to the United States. There's ryes that are made all over the world, but this rye is, um, is, is, is a straight rye. So it has, it, that means there's not been anything added to it. So the production of it is basically as pure as the production of bourbon. There's some other, if you don't see straight rye on a rye label, there's a chance that they would have added flavoring to it. So uh, just a little bit of in the back of your head when you're looking at labels. Okay. So that's I good like enough. This is good information. I'm, I'm glad to be here with you, Fred, man. I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to learn so much more. I, I just like whiskey. I, I, I don't, I'm not a connoisseur. I don't know the backstories. And here's the, thing. here's the beauty of it is that you have, you have a, a great opportunity to, to like taste and and learn i mean i i'm looking at your i'm looking at your shelf you got some japanese whiskeys there you've got uh a texas bourbon you've got um you got jack daniels that jack daniels uh, barrel proof those barrel picks those are money you know yeah i mean i've had a, i usually have even more to be honest this quarantine's killing me i'm running through my whiskey like nothing oh i know <laughs> I know I, we're all we're all drinking uh far too much but as people are commenting in, in the feed you do have Tito's. You do have Tito's. <laughs> I, I, I have this. I have this whole belief that vodka sucks. I'll show you a sign in a minute, but we got to get the tasting. Okay. So, so analyze that color, because in American whiskey, um, the the when it goes into the barrel, it's as clear as the water from your tap. So every single day, it's in that barrel. It's working in and out of that wood, you know, basically extracting all that barrel color. And then yeah. I like, so the darker it is, usually the the older it is or higher and higher the proof. Then I like to swirl it around and look at the legs, you know, look at those beautiful legs right there. Yes, I mean, they just like dripping on down. And then after you push it up a little bit, bring it to your nose. And when you smell, when you smell your whiskey, you want to smell it with your mouth open, smell it side to side. Okay. Wow. It smells so, damn good. It does smell good. Now the beautiful in there, all these aromas that come from different places, whether it's the yeast, it could be the grain, could be the barrel. 
Uh, it could be like where it's aged, like on a mountainside, like, uh, you know, 291, which is one of the whiskeys we'll taste here in a minute. It's got really high elevation. You know, these things, they, they all have like their own unique terroir, yeah. but you, but you yourself as a taster have a lifetime of things you've tasted and smelled. And so I always like to tell people to like, think about their favorite foods, their favorite sweets and their least favorite things. And as you're tasting and as you're exploring your palate, you know, look for them. You know, mm. you may have you may have grown up with a, an apple pie you just loved, and I guarantee you, you'll find it in a whiskey one day. That's great. That's great. I'm trying to. It has. I don't know if I'm. I'm getting a little bit of like orange rind or something in there. No. Well, there's definitely some nice citrus here. Um, this has got. This has, um, this has like a, a, a nice rye bread for me. It's got some herbal notes and then some like, some like sugar cane. Uh, That's really right. okay. like a brown sugar cane or something like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Are we, are we ready to taste it? Let's do it. All right. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. What proof is that? I probably should have led with that. <laughs> this is 125.7 uh, proof. Holy shit. You can definitely taste it. Like that at the beginning I was like, oh like yeah, I do get the citrus. And then like immediately I just tasted this alcohol. Like <laughs> it's like, you know, ooh, that's got a lot on it. No, but I mean this is really really delicious you could you could find yourself like sitting back on this you know they said a fly sip, literally going sipping on as i was fucked up <laughs> so in this next one i smell like a perforated insect you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna help the tasting oh fuck that fucked me up not the whiskey the fucking fly i mean that doesn't happen very often you know I mean, how often does a fly fly in a person's nose? There's somebody knows the answer. Someone, someone on your live on your live feed over there. Uh, Google it for us. Let us know how yeah. often a fly gets up in there. You know. And then <laughs> once once it's in your nose, what is the fly doing inside your nose? <laughs> this the is, first, these are things people need to know, right? Right. I mean, the first right. person to answer on YouTube gets a sticker. Hmm. All right. So you know what I get? I get like a like an orange syrup kind of taste to it. I don't know. Orange syrup with like just a kick in the ass at the end. <laughs> did you uh, did you uh, drink a lot of orange sodas when you were a kid? Uh, I'd say a lot. Maybe more Mountain Dews when I was a kid. So you're kind of citrusy. Your instinct on the on uh, on orange um, is really kind of it's kind of great because I, I, you definitely do get like the uh, orange uh, uh, creamsicle. Mm. So I'm going to have to ask. Um, let's see. We got All right. So we've got some comments here about the fly. Okay. Uh, let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, Brett, Brett Akov says uh, it happens about every 3.25 years on average. Okay. Um, and um, 
and John Henderson saying chase the fly with 125 proof whiskey for best results. So I think you're going to be all right. <laughs> I, I think I'll live. I'll think I'll live. Yeah. Thank you for your information, guys. I really appreciate that. I mean, look, they're, they're there to serve. That's fantastic. I say, I'm, 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 I'm stoked on that. Dude, thanks again for sending. Cheers for sending all these whiskeys to me, my man. Oh. This, is, this is fantastic. Hell yeah. Ah, okay. Well, you didn't have to drink the whole thing. You could have, we, we, we might have to compare later. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know much about me, but I, I drink quite, quite a bit. So. <laughs> You're just like, I, I tasted it. It was nice. It's, I'm, I'm drinking the rest. Let's go. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you really like it, you know, all right, let me get, let me get another, uh, let me get another glass for this next one and take a drink of water. Guys, keep those uh, keep those um, bass guitars coming in. We're talking to uh, Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold. And in fact, if you have a favorite song from Avenged Sevenfold, go ahead and just throw that out there. And, and I'd love to hear which one which one their favorites are. Yeah, I mean, I th you think you're probably getting a lot of uh, Hell of the King, of course. But uh, um, what's here? this next one you're going to? I just saw you pour. So I'm going to recommend to, we go to uh, Rare Breed. Okay. So what I've I done here, one. okay, and this is uh, this is 116 proof, so we're stepping down a little bit. Okay, well, all right. I, I like that you started me on, on, the, on, on the, what was it, 127? Jesus. Yeah, I got to get you right, you know, I'll get you ready. Hey, I, I, I see you over there. I see what you try to do. You're yeah. trying to, you get me a little drunk first, so by the end of it, I just start agreeing with you. <laughs> The strategy has been uh, discovered. Okay, this one definitely. Now this uh, is a. I this gotta, is I a, gotta open my mouth like you just taught me. Hold on a second. <laughs> I, I won't interrupt. I won't interrupt. So it's definitely um, more subtle the flavors on this one. I feel. What are you getting? What are you getting, Professor? Well, so while this this particular product um, won won a really nice blind competition for me. That, that I was tasting in. And so it's, it's, but it, it's something that you can buy. Like the last, uh, the, the handy is not something you, your listeners or viewers can go check out. They can go find this in a store probably right now. Okay. That's, and it's, what was, what, what is it? You said it's rare breed. Was that wild turkey? Yeah. Rare breed. This is a wild turkey product. Dude. When, I mean, not to uh, sell myself down the river and kids, don't follow in my footsteps. When I was in high school, I do uh, the regular wild turkey and Dr. Pepper all the time. I, 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 that was oh, wow. That, that, that sounds was, that like a party drink. Sounds like a good go-to. All right, so if I'm going to break this one down, what I'm smelling tonight... Mm, a lot of honey. Get the honey. Yeah. Get this going some, a little bit better. Some uh, some grapefruit. You know, it's funny when you say grapefruit. I'm not a huge fan of grapefruit. But I was like, there's something in here I don't like. It's, it's grapefruit. grapefruit. Yep. By the way, a lot of uh, votes coming in for Nightmare as the favorite song. That seems oh, to be awesome. That's my son's favorite song. He's three years old and he screams, "It's your fucking nightmare!" at us yeah. all the time. It's great. Some stuff coming in for Gunslinger. I just went ahead and tasted it. I couldn't wait. I'm sorry. Oh. I don't taste the grapefruit as much as I thought I would. It's definitely honey. 
it's probably the most potent thing yeah. I've tasted here. Yeah, there, there, there's a strong honey note in here, and I get some nice cornbread. Um, and there's a little something I would classify as unique to wild turkey in that it has a funk. And it's basically like a molasses, you know, like molasses, every, you people tend to think it's sweet, but it's really not. It's, um, it's just, it's kind of funky, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, so it's, it's like a funky savory. Uh, yeah. To it. Yeah. 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 I, know, I know exactly what you're talking about, but yeah, there is. Yeah, man, that grapefruit and that funk, I gotta be honest. I, I like pretty much every whiskey I need. This one I would, I'd take it or leave it to be honest. It's 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 good, but it's not it's not really my not my cup of tea. But I'll drink mm. it and I'll choose you. Thank you for sending it to me. Well, here's what's interesting is I normally get smoke in this one too. I'm not getting it, I'm not getting a hint of smoke. No, I'm not getting any out of it to be honest. Yeah. I don't know if it's because the other ones rare breed, rare breed fails tonight. Rare breed <laughs> fails. Are we just gonna move on to the next one then? Is that is that what is that what that means? Yeah. Uh, so, let me see if I have any more. I made the I made the mistake. I sent you my last bottle of the um, of that Maker's Mark. I'll tell you oh. the story. Go find go find your uh, go find your glass. I'll tell you the story behind that one. Yeah, please do. Oh, All right, man. All right everybody. While you're uh, while you're watching uh, Johnny's ass. As he's, as he's getting a glass. Why did I design my bar with everything so high? You gotta tell me that. Like, I don't know why I did that. I'm a short man. I'm only five foot six. I'm sitting here having to go up here every time. Bars are bars are uh, not for the the the, the height challenged, <laughs> as my wife would say. Yeah. Uh, I'm grabbing some different kinds of glasses now at this point, just so you know. Shouldn't affect too much though. So I'll have uh, I'll have my friends at Glen Karen send you um, some glasses if you're down for it. Absolutely. Uh, I'm for, oh, you know what glasses I do have? I don't maybe know. Maybe get seems. a maybe get the really Avenged Sevenfold logo on there or Drinks with Johnny logo. <laughs> I have the Drinks with Johnny glasses, but they're not for for drinking like this. Have you seen these? Oh yeah, Norland's glasses. Yeah. What do you think of them? I think they're pretty rad. I hate them. <laughs> Well then, fuck it. I won't use them. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I don't. I, I guess it's you're probably go, your 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 angle on it is more the actual tasting. I just like the way it looks. It has that. Yeah, yes. Right yeah. It has. Uh, but you know what? Take a photo of it and compare it to this one. This one's better in a photo. But I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Why I think that glass is far inferior. Um, okay. To. Um, you know, to the glass that I use, which is Clint Karen, and they don't pay me. I'm not a spokesperson for them or anything like that, but I've had to taste all the glasses and some in competitions that are, that I'm forced to taste them in. Um, and what I have noticed is that some of the glasses will hide flaws. So you could have, um, you know, a, you know, a $12 whiskey that nobody in their right mind would, would drink out of a, would drink on rocks or in a cocktail or anything okay. uh in a in a glass will hide like the higher alcohols and hide a lot of the 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 bad smells wow. and, and then the way that it hits your tongue 
is like will come in like in a at a bead like at an angle and it will it will completely skip the area of your tongue that can detect things like wood and whereas this glass does not hide a whiskey's flaws and it uh it kind of comes in your on your palate at the same time kind of like all encompassing wow and is, do you uh attribute that to the mouth of the glass or the all-around shape uh, I really, I think it's, yeah, I think it's the mouth in terms of like, you know, so the way that it comes down here, the way it forces, so you can see as I'm, I'm pouring this to you like that, mm -hmm. uh, it's getting a little, um, a little weird now, uh, <laughs> uh, but as it's no weirder you, than the birth of a child. That's uh, true. <laughs> that's basically what we're doing here. We're doing the birth of a whiskey glass, but okay. as you can see, so I see here, how that's, that's working. you see how, uh, how fat the, um, um, yeah, see how fat the whiskey's coming out, you know? Yeah. And so that's basically what yeah. we're looking at here. And that's what never I never knew really that that was the difference. I mean, I've heard there's differences, but I never really knew that. So I'm going to get a, I'm going to get another wider one then. Gonna, yeah. That's actually, that is actually my, probably my uh, second or third favorite glass to use. And people usually dismiss it, but they do a really good job of getting the job done. Nice. Yeah. So which one you got now? Did I missed uh, that. Are we going yeah, to? Yeah, so go to the uh, Maker's uh, Private Select. Okay. And so this is a bottle um, that I selected, or, or myself and uh, three other whiskey writers uh, selected. Uh, it was uh, uh, Chuck Cowdery, who's a Bourbon Hall of Famer, Lou Bryson, who's one of my mentors, and uh, uh, Michael Deach, who is a you know pretty renowned cocktail writer out of New York, and we uh, we created our own barrel of a uh, Maker's Mark um, wow. by inserting uh, staves in um, in the barrels, and we um, we called it the curmudgeons because everything wow. pisses us off in whiskey, like the. <laughs> like that's the fucking new orleans glass so dude that's fantastic <laughs> i love that name i just i you know said this a week or so ago and i hadn't really looked at all the um the bottles yet but that's amazing that's a great backstory to this there's a um i was going to ask you too like how does one become a whiskey aficionado a whiskey writer like you you just mentioned a couple of your uh heroes but like what what was it that like you're just around and I guess curmudgeon kind of says you were just drinking some whiskey and some shit was pissing you off. So you wanted to tell people about it, right? Uh, you know, it, it, so my story is uh, I got home. I was a soldier and I got okay. home from Iraq in uh, 2005. And the only job I could get uh, was as a food writer. And when you write about food, you eventually write about alcohol. And I wrote my first uh, bourbon story in 2006 and then people kept asking me to write more about bourbon and I was writing about wine at the same time. And, uh, I just, I found something that I, that I loved. And at the same time I was going through, uh, PTSD therapy, uh, for, you know, for my time in Iraq. And I, I, I came across this, um, this method called, uh, mindfulness. And it's basically, you just, you concentrate, you focus your mind on a particular part of your body on the feel. And I focused it on my tongue and like anything that I would taste, I would just like really focus on like where it's hitting, what memories does it open up in my brain. And I was able to apply that to wine and whiskey. 
And, um, you know, there was not in wine, there were thousands of wine writers and whiskey. There's never really been a lot of whiskey writers for one. A lot of people get into it. And they're like, holy shit, I'm getting all this free product. And before you know it, they're passed out in a ditch with their pants off, you know? So there's, <laughs> there's a, there's a, it, it happens. Uh, there's a lot of folks who, who can't handle the, you know, the constant access to whiskey. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that definitely happens. And thank you for your service. And I'm really excited with the PSC, but it's great that now you have this outlet and I never, I didn't truly know your story before, I guess, but so thank you again for your service and thank you. Thanks, man. For this thanks for putting out great music, you know? Oh, thanks, man. Ooh. Hmm. So as I mentioned, as I mentioned, I sent you my last bottle. So you're tasting it uh, without a coach here. This is, this is amazing though, without a coach. It definitely has, I mean, we've stepped down, we're at 111 proof. So 55%, 55.5 to be exact. Although we've stepped down from the 127, I still get this. This is heavily um, alcoholic on the nose. Hmm. Trying to think what else I'm getting out of that. Maybe some, maybe some sugar. Not much though. I don't. I don't I'm, not. I'm gonna dive in. That's real good. It's smooth, especially for how. I mean, I was expecting it to be a lot harder. Oh, there it goes. Got a little bit of the uh, the hooch at the end there. Um, I was expecting with the nose it to be a lot stronger than it was. Mm -hmm. It comes really smooth, very, uh, it's like a sugar, it almost has like a cognac part of it. I don't know. It's really good though, man. What was, what, what all did you guys put together in this one? What, what, what was the, so, brought this whiskey together? I don't really remember the full, but the, they have like these various staves. Uh, there was a lot of French oak that was put in there. And, um, and so that was definitely, definitely, definitely unique uh, to that whiskey. And the one that we're going to taste next, um, I think is one of the most unique uh, American whiskeys on uh, the market in that it's a Colorado rye whiskey. And they finish it. It's the uh, 291. Yeah. And it is, um, it's finished with Aspen staves and aspen is like a is 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 a piece of wood that we have not really ever seen in american whiskey and so this is the uh, this is this is the probably one of the first examples of um of seeing aspen the aspen tree being used in whiskey okay So I know in uh, in American whiskeys that they all use uh, virgin barrels, correct? And then when they when you go ship it to Irish and Scottish whiskeys and the other things, it's it's actually a bourbon cast that uh, has already been used, and American whiskey doesn't use it anymore, and they they sell it yeah. off to the other places. 
Yeah, so it, de- it depends on the category. So American whiskey is kind of a broad, kind of a broad term, but if you narrow it down to if you narrow it down to bourbon, mm-hmm. rye, and Tennessee whiskey, which by the way is really bourbon, uh, you're you're basically they have to always go into new charred oak. Now there are a few times in American whiskey history that they actually tried to change the laws. To, uh, to allow them to put bourbon into used barrels. That happened once in the 1940s, again in the 50s. And recently there was, uh, there was an effort to try and move uh, a bourbon that was distilled in Tennessee, moved it to Kentucky and call it Kentucky bourbon. But you know that, that law was put on the books in the 1930s. It gets put on the books because the, the cooperage industry, the people who make barrels were basically running out of uh they were basically running out of of uh, venues to sell their stuff because the barrel was going extinct uh people were not using the barrel as much because they had refrigerators they had cabinets and the things that they would store like say fish heads were now going into the chests so the the barrel industry lobbied uh to congress to make sure that whiskey always had a bourbon rather always had to go into a new charred oak barrel and that basically saved the cooperage industry wow and that's right to, i mean that's right smack dab in the middle of the depression too so you that's exactly those. right mm-hmm. yeah that's that's incredible I, I, i'm so interesting you got so much of this back knowledge to something that i just enjoy that's, that mind alters me a lot of people watch tv in their spare time i read old treasury reports about bourbon so <laughs> that's awesome man. you know well i'm drinking bourbon usually yeah that's smart oh that is interesting it's almost piney in a way the as yeah aspen's very yeah, that's the Aspen Stave right away. To me, this is a whiskey that is this is like the this is the exploration of the new age of American whiskey, you know. In that uh, no one in Kentucky thought of using an Aspen Stave. And this has a like a very kind of unique Pilsner beer quality to it that uh, that I really dig um yeah there's there's a lot of stuff here man very this very is pretty, very this different is a, this is you said this one's a pretty damn rare one right i mean i'm seeing it numbered right here 44 out of 65 it looks like yeah so they use they use very very tiny barrels and so each one of their each one of their um each one of their bottles um will be you know of of a there won't be very many of them okay that makes sense. That's super rare. Uh, yeah. All right. Cheers again. Cheers. I mean, even more so than I expected. It tastes like Christmas to me. That's a Christmas whiskey. Wow. It's got like a, I said pine chocolate. I taste a little Pilsner. It's definitely there. Like if it was more carbonated, it would definitely be like a, one of those Christmas beers they put out there. <laughs> yeah, but it's molasses for sure. But it's a it's a 
it's a whiskey to have in the conversation. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, to me, this is one of those that's a whiskey. It's a tool that, you know, this shows what American whiskey can be and where it's going to be. You know, it's, uh, it's exploratory. I mean, it definitely, as, in, as it's continuing on my palate, there's some smoke in this one too. There's definitely a little bit of smoke in this one. It's getting, getting back to some of that peat. I, I definitely taste some of that. It's interesting about the color because obviously you're going to get more color from the barrel if it's a virgin barrel, right? When you, yeah. when you go to one of these guys, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's more of a yellow than a brown, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, not not only that, uh, you also have to remember that the the weather in Scotland is very different, you know. So they're yeah. going to be they're going to be dealing with um, you know cooler climates for uh, you know with less extremes, you know. It makes sense. Yeah. So I'm I'm big into wine too. So you started off with uh, uh, as a wine yeah. writer, and there was a lot of them. I actually got married in Napa. Um, so oh wow! I, mean, I got. I, I started off loving the Napa wines and then um, through our travels and our lead guitarist, he turned me on to some of the French stuff. And like, now it's hard for me to go back to the Napa stuff, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. What, what's, what's your, what was your uh, go-to? Oh, I was, I was definitely more old world. Um, you know, to me, like the California wines were always a little, just, just a touch too hot. And I thought that they were, a lot of those were kind of like created for, a couple palettes in particular, the people who like, you know, 14% uh, wines and above, uh, but big, big fan of a little, uh, a little village in the Bordeaux area called Saint Emilion. Oh, I love Saint Emilion. Good. That's, yeah. that's, that's one of the genes. I like Margot too, a lot. Um, yeah. Those and, are kind of the regions that, that I, I dig on too. Uh, so, uh, so I just did an episode with Harry Sharer, uh, the voice of, uh, of Ned Flanders and Mr. Burns on The Simpsons. Oh, and he, uh, he, he couldn't drink whiskey. Uh, he had to drink wine. So I sent him wine from uh, France and Argentina. I sent him uh, Malbec. And yeah. you know, Malbec's one of the six grapes that's allowed in Bordeaux. And we had like this incredible conversation about, uh, about, uh, uh, about wine and about Malbecs and you know I it got me to and you're, you're bringing it up now it got me really missing um it got me missing my time in wine a little bit uh it was never I, mix it up yeah yeah it up, I, back I, I might have to get back into to wine a little bit you know I, I'd love to come back on and do wine too this is lovely but I mean I'm, I'm, I love wine too so yeah, like, maybe we got maybe we got part two coming up here pretty yeah, soon we, we're already we're already working on part two apparently <laughs> this is really cool though man I do get like sometimes when American whiskeys try and do smoke they go more campfire this isn't campfire this is more back to like the peak you know yeah well and i think what happens is a lot of people try to intentionally introduce it mm-hmm. to me like the the smoke note here in 291 is natural that's natural from their from their processes mm-hmm. and it tastes great it's a good bottle man what are the price points for some of the viewers on on some of this stuff like what's the 291 bottle run um they're going to have to answer in the comment section, uh, but I think <laughs> 50 bucks, I think. Okay. So in that range, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. So 
at this point we're we're made, we've made a round pretty much and now we're going back to a lot of balloons is that is that what we're on that's next? it that's it now first of all let, let's take a let's take a, a look at the whiskeys that you have they said 70 dollars uh, okay let's, let's take a look at the whiskeys that you have had and which one do you feel like meets your palate expectations most of of getting a little bit of that smoke or peat kind of flavor I, I mean, uh, maybe it's because it's the most recent, but I mean, I didn't get too much smoke. Rare breed, didn't have any. Um, Handy just had a lot of shit going on in it. It was, it was, it was rad, but I mean, that thing is, I'll knock you on your ass for sure. Um, curmudgeon had a slight smoke, I don't know. But I, I, I easily 291 actually had, had the most uh, peat smoke that I was going, that I, I tend to like. So 291 tonight was your uh, uh, was your pick of the of the American whiskeys that I sent Absolutely. you. Absolutely, yeah, right. I love this. I love that bottle. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get my hands on some more. Well, you're, you're not gonna ask me to send this stuff back, are you? This no, no, it's all yours. My friend. <laughs> it's all yours. Thank you. Uh, appreciate <laughs> it. Have you heard of the uh, was was the Lost Distillery out here in uh, L.A. Lost Spirits. Lost Spirits. Sorry, yeah. The guy doing the uh, rapid aging bullshit. Yeah, and the the rapid aging and the basic Willy Wonka esque yeah uh, tour. Yeah, yeah. Have you made yeah. it out there yet? No, uh, no, we. Uh, I, I I haven't talked to him in a while. Okay. I don't I don't know if he I don't know if he wants to talk to me. <laughs> Have you written some pretty bad things about that? Or well, what? I I mean I wouldn't say that I've written some bad things. I'm just you know when it comes to I'm a purist, uh, but I'm but I'm also I'm also someone who will I, I'm open minded. Okay. And I I believe if if somebody is. Uh, if somebody's coming out with something like a like a new style, um, a new technology, I'll always give it a shot. I'll always yeah. give it a shot. But it just it just bothers me um, when when people say like this is going to make something taste like a twenty year old scotch, or this is going to make something taste like a, a brilliant you know you know Jamaican rum or bourbon or whatever. The fact is is that those technologies. Um, have been attempted since the 1800s. You know, people have been trying to make whiskey faster since basically 1858, and every one of them have failed. And they keep trying to do it over and over and over again, and no one has ever been able to make it happen. And the thing is, is like when you break into those people's financials, despite all the news stories they've gotten, despite all of the attention that they've received over, you know, however many years, their revenues are awful. No one's buying their product because at the end of the day, you can get someone to buy one bottle. You, you yeah. can get your marketing, your NPR story, your whatever, uh, will get you to buy one bottle, but that bottle, it's taste, it's flavor, all of that going on that, is what gets you to buy bottle number two. Yeah, that makes sense. You gotta, I mean, if that's that's proof in the pudding, right? You gotta, have, mm -hmm. but you gotta have someone who's who. Uh, I guess it's similar to music. They, their opinion is that it's good, right? 
What's that? So it, it's similar though in music in some respects because it's like you got to find some people may like some of something there that they can uh, make money off of, right? So yeah, and because they, it's based on opinions, right? It, it well, it, it, it's based on opinions, but I think in like it, the the whiskey world is also based on the trade. The trade's very powerful. But gotcha. I want to I, I want to throw this back to you because I've actually never asked like. Uh, a prominent musician about how they felt about DJs taking their music and like ripping it and turning it into something else. Do you, do you feel like a, like, like a, a nightclub DJ is the equivalent of, of in sevenfold writing music and, and putting it well, together? You, no. And there, there's not in music, I guess there's not that equivocation to be honest. It's, it's, it's art. It's whatever you create is your art and if you got people out there that are listening to it and it creates the uh, goosebump test if you write something or create something that gives you goosebumps there's going to be someone else out there that really enjoys it it's kind of an art form though i mean to say there's there are levels to everything but there's not a hierarchy i i don't feel in music there's not a i mean i i can definitely respect what a dj is doing it's not necessarily what i do and the way i interpret music but I can certainly respect what they're doing. And I think that's probably the best like comparison to music that I can give you about how the whiskey community feels about the rapid aging community. And, and the thing is about like what all of those processes are doing, if they applied it, I think if they applied it to like the $15 uh, blend, the rot gut stuff that, you know, if they applied it to that to try and improve the the seven to fifteen dollar whiskeys, I think everybody would be um, would be really really excited about. So what yeah, yeah. Your main beef is that you're putting it out there, and you're still giving the same cost to something that actually has had the time to age those twenty years. When yeah. reality, if you're using this technology, it'd be great for to make those $15, $20 bottles taste a little bit better, right? And that, yeah. that would that'd be great. I, I, I could get behind that. That's a, that's, that's, that's a fair assessment. That's a fair way to look. Yeah, I, I think that's, that, that's, that is my, that's my, uh, my main thought here is that they, the rapid aging thing, I'm not necessarily against, but I just don't think it's been applied in the right, in the right spots. Now I got to tell you, Johnny, I've had a lot of questions for this all night long and, uh, uh, many, many commenters have asked, they want to know what draws, what's your inspiration? And I think that's something that usually another musician would ask that sort of thing, but they, they want to know what your inspiration is for, for your music. Um, I mean, it comes from so many different places, to be honest. I know that's the, the typical, you know, answer that you get from every artist that would answer that question, but it's true. I mean, on any given day, something can inspire you differently. You can, you can be working really hard on a chorus um, and you're trying to work on a melody and something you're just hanging out with your family and something just look over at one of your family members and the line just comes to you. It's weird that way. A lot of times you, you to get true inspiration, I feel that, and most people are, that um, are successful artists, you stay cognitive of the world around you. So you're always ready to be inspired by something in a way. There's there's inspiration is out there in all in all facets. For me, I can't just sit down and go, um, 
I want to create this kind of song, so I'm going to listen to this, and two plus two equals four. That's not the way. I want two plus two to somehow equal five. There's, there's, there's a different way of, of, of thinking when you go for inspiration, I think, in music, um, or in any art form, really. It's about, you know, I want to make something different. I want to be inspired differently each time. Um, sure, you, when you're creating an album, you, you create a vision for what that, al that album as a whole what is going to feel like, right? What kind of colors is it going to create? Um, but in the individual songs, individual moments along the way, you got to take that inspiration and be present in the moment. Um, and that's when the best stuff happens. So it's stuff that you end up forcing you, and not everybody knows that you force it, right? The person listening has no idea that you forced that part. But when you listen back to it, you feel like you didn't have that perfect moment where it was just an inspiration from somewhere you weren't even looking. And I think that's the real thing that keeps me loving playing music is I'm constantly looking for new inspirations and trying my best. And it's not always perfect. You, tr you just continually try your best to stay cog uh, cognizant and sorry to keep using that word over and over, but you know, stay mindful of your surroundings. There's uh, there's a lot of um, inspiration from like, uh, you know, Buddhism where, you know, you're supposed to stay mindful of the, of the moment and, and be where you are. And uh, it's not as easy as it sounds to be uh, ready to take all this information in and spit it out into another art form. So, I mean, that's a long-winded way of saying fucking there's a lot of different places I get inspiration from. Well, and, and it probably, you know, you're, you're also, I mean, you're in a band that didn't just make it, but, you know, I mean, you're, you're a band of a generation uh, and like, Thank you. And, and like, and you came in on what, in 2002, 2001? Yeah, I came in 2002, it was uh, first tour, uh, 2003 was when I was on the first record that I was on, which was Waking the Fallen. And we all know the basis, you know, that's the, that's the heartbeat. Of, uh, of any band you know I, I mean some bands again like you can't pigeonhole uh, uh, different instruments for it, it means something different to each and every different band uh, the bass that I play in my, in my band fits the way I think it should I think I don't know that I don't think anyone else could do it better than the way that I personally do it um, because it's a different approach but then if you go to Iron Maiden and you hear Steve Harris and he's He's the bread and butter going on there, and then you got some duels going on, but he's the driving force. Um, and you go to another band, say like uh, Dream Theater or something like that back in the day, with driving forces the drums. A lot of people are just honing in on the drums. There's in each and every different metal or hard rock act, there's usually one driving force, and they're not always the same instrument. That's 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 the way that's the way I look at it. How are you all holding up in the whole uh, quarantine and isolation deal? Oh, thank you for asking. We're doing good, man. We're uh, honestly, we, we're uh, virtual talking to each other. Um, a couple of our friends have had birthdays and we're just getting in group chats that way. Um, staying, uh, keeping up on the writing, you know, we're, as far as it goes, I know a lot of people are asking about a new, new record. And, uh, at least the line that's like all they're asking about. And I understand they're excited. I'm excited. Um, but all I can say is it's a work in progress. With any confidence, there's, there's nothing else. So we're staying diligent on, on, on working. 
Um, I've been doing a lot of this podcasting and shows. This is now the second of the week. I got three this week that I'm doing. Um, I'm just enjoying this, to be honest. I get up, I work on some music, and then I get to do some of my show. It's just kind of my own thing. I get to have awesome conversations with new people like yourself who are mm-hmm. sending me whiskey and uh, <laughs> teaching me about it. You know, so this is this is just another asset of something cool and you know, hopefully it inspires me, as I said, in, uh, in different ways. And hopefully it's entertaining everyone at home, everyone watching. Hope you guys are entertained. This is for the whole thing. I started going live in quarantine. Did you go live before quarantine? Yeah. Are you doing that? Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been doing lives for, uh, for a while. Um, the, you know, and I, I you know, I, I co-founded a, a music festival in, um, in Kentucky called Bourbon and Beyond. Last year we had Foo Fighters. Uh, but it's a, Danny, nice, yeah. it's a Danny Wimmers presents uh, festival and, you know, we had to cancel it. So um, I've been trying to do more and more um, tastings with artists like I normally did, would do at, at the music festivals. And, um, and so it, it's funny, like, you know, it was very difficult to schedule people. Now, now I have probably five new artists a day contacting me through their publicist you know, wanting oh, to do, right. wanting to do one of these. And I love it. It's great. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it's been this, this whole, the, the quarantine has been very difficult, uh, you know, for a lot of businesses, but I don't think more, very few more so than those whose, you know, livelihood depended on live events, which mine did. And so fortunately I've been able to uh, shift a little bit to, you know, this sort of thing. And um, yeah, I've been having wow. a blast. Yeah, I forgot, you know, until you just mentioned, I forgot about that festival. We had actually been talking about going out to that one um, before. He's, uh, obviously, I know Danny pretty well, and uh, he was going to get me together with you and a couple other people. And I don't know if you yeah. knew about that, if you talked to Danny about that, but was gonna, there was talks about me going out and heading out to that festival this year. And, uh, yeah, doing the, uh, the food part, right? Like, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was looking forward to that, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that that's happen. Well, I think we should go to the next whiskey. Oh, okay, uh, that's a good call. But, but think about this for a minute, because I know this is not an easy one for you to answer. A lot of people have wanted to know what your Nathan Russell asked, like, what is your favorite song to play and why? Don't quite answer that yet. Think about it for a minute, because we're going to one of your favorite whiskeys. Yes, and, yes and sometimes, And sometimes we answer a question a little differently after we've had that good <laughs> whiskey, you know? Yeah, you ain't lying. That's that's the truth, man. <laughs> See, that's the inspiration. I, I like that you were like-minded on this. See, I figured I'd start a show, call it Drinks with Johnny. Most of, you know, at this point, it's about 50-50 on people who drink, you know, because I'm just opening I, I talk to everybody. Um, I just want to get to know them and learn their, 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 uh, their walk of life. And, um, but I will say that part of it I, in my thought process, like, oh, well, if I'm just having a chat with someone, we're having a drink like I normally would, they're probably going to answer questions a little differently, right? So, <laughs> and that's why before I hadn't gone live. This is, well, I've only done a few live ones now. Yeah. We do pre-recorded because I always let them know I'm not, I'm not a writer, I'm not a journalist. I'm, I'm on the other side most of the time. I appreciate the writing and journalism, but I'm not going to pretend that I went to school for it or know anything about it. I'm just, I'm having conversations with people like I normally would. 
And in case, maybe use your pre-record just in case they say something that they're not very confident in when they're going to send it to them. For yeah, and, and I'll tell you, like, I usually try not to, um, you know, I try not to be, like, I, I do come from, like, a, you know, my background is journalism, but it's not music journalism, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I interviewed, I interviewed a clown uh, from Slipknot, you know, not too long ago. I saw that, actually, yeah. You saw that one? Yep. And one of the things that they told me afterward is like, you know, I just felt like it was a real conversation and like, you didn't, you know, and I don't album sales. I don't care about, I don't care about like, you know, uh, what anyone thinks about, I'm not a critic of music. I am a, I'm a, I'm a human being, you know, who drinks whiskey. I'm a critic critic of whiskey. I'm a critic of whiskey. (laughs) Yeah. And, but, but the people I'm a, I'm critical of whiskey with, I'm still friends with if they'll still have me. You know, yeah. like, you know, I, I look at this as like, this is not something that it's not personal uh, for you. It's not personal, but yeah. I will like, I could be best friends with like 291. Like Michael Myers is the owner of that, of that brand. Nice and, name. And, nice name. Michael Myers. That's right. Great. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, I could, I, I, I wrote him the other day. I said, man, I, I love you. I appreciate your support. But if your whiskey ever sucks, I'm going to have to say it. He's like, he's like, well, that's good. And if your palate ever sucks, I'm going to have to tell you or something like that. You know? <laughs> I so, like that. Right back at you. <laughs> exactly. That's, right, that's friendship. Back to this live at uh, a little backstory for you on this one for me. This is actually one of the first ones that got me into the peated stuff because it's a little, oh, I mean, it's less oh. than the, than the Ardbegs or the uh, Lefroy's of yeah. the world. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so this was my introduction into the peat. That's all. Oh, very nice. Yeah, that still stands up for me, man. It's got like some, no, it's funny is it, now that I'm tasting it back through all these ones, it's a little sweeter than I remembered it. Yeah. It's definitely got like a more caramel than I remembered, I'd say. And it goes through like I mean, there's still the peat. Oh, the peat, love the peat, but it's not as. I mean, even after the 291, I mean, 291 isn't far off on that, on that flavor. Sweet, it's it's crazy. It's sweeter than I remember. Yet. So here's the here is the note that I've always got in Logable on 16 year old, and chocolate chip cookie dough. <laughs> it is so prevalent in that now that you say that i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back in yeah like like raw right i just like the raw dough oh like yeah spoonful of the raw dough open up that package Mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> that's fantastic no i i never noticed that before but man that is good So I really like all these whiskeys. Um, I gotta say, I, I still, this tastes more to me like a dessert whiskey now than it ever has before. Really? Um, I don't know if that's because it's coming off of these much higher um, Let's do this, content. let's do this. Go back to, um, you know, let's go back to your calibrator, your calibrator okay. whiskey. Go to the Lafroy 10 year old and see how that hits it. Get a little sip of water between two. 
Absolutely. Definitely want to keep that palate fresh. Out of you know. Now I don't have any almonds. I don't have any raw almonds with on me. Now all those like uh, checking it out here on on my Twitch, my my Periscope, D Live, YouTube. You send it out to all your platforms at the same time, huh? Yeah. That's Facebook, cool. Periscope. Um, make sure that you all are going on over to uh, Drinks with Johnny on YouTube. He's got a really great uh, uh, YouTube presence there, especially if you are a hard rock fan, because the guests he gets are absolutely fantastic. Thank you. And, I appreciate that. So no, I, I, what's, I, what's funny is here, I'm getting like a nut taste to it now that I wasn't getting before. This is almost... I know what it is. It's not a nut. It's a pumpkin seed. I'm getting a little bit of a pumpkin seed taste to it. Well, my oh my, oh my. <laughs> Look at that palette just developed before our very eyes. Yeah, folks. it's happened. Thank you. The thank you for teaching me. <laughs> well, I I taught I taught uh, I taught you very little, my friend. You've uh, you've definitely got uh, you've got the gift. You like the sip, and uh, man, we've been doing this for for well over the time that we thought we would. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Seven o'clock my time already. Yeah. Where, where can the people on my end, this is how I do it. I'm going to let you plug yourself. Where can uh, the people at home find more Fred Minnick after we wrap this up in a second? Yeah, and don't forget, you still have to answer the question, your favorite song to play and why. Oh. Yeah, don't forget that. Okay. All right, you go ahead and plug yourself first, and then I'll answer that question. Yeah, so real simple, just go to uh, YouTube or any social media platform and just search my name, Fred Minnick. Uh, I also have a magazine, Bourbon Plus, and an Amazon Prime show called Bourbon Up. Season two is about to drop. We got uh, uh, James Bond actor Je uh, Jeffrey Wright in, in episode one. Wow. And, um, oh, yeah, I have a podcast. Forgot about that. The Fred Minnick Show drops every Friday. Uh, right. Last week, we had Mick Fleetwood. Uh, coming up will be Johnny. So make awesome. Sure and hit yeah, you guys could definitely want to at least check that one out, right? <laughs> you would think. <laughs> Absolutely. Very cool, man. So the, back to, we'll, we'll end it on that question you had for me. I would have to say in the last cycle, probably, uh, I, we started playing a song called Sunny Disposition off the stage. And I had a lot of fun playing that um, when we did. Uh, simply because I was doing a lot of ad-libbing on, on the song. Um, there's a couple of bass players, but like, it was kind of an open setting in that song. And there was a lot of, I, <laughs> every day I did something a little bit different and I just kept it fresh for me. So I, I'd have to say, Sunny Disposition might have been my favorite song to play live. And you've, if you're one of the hardcore fans that goes out and watches all the little different live ones, if you go back during that, you'll see some little different, very minor, but some differences in there. And I think that's that's why right now I have to answer that one. So yeah, I had a lot of fun messing with it. Badass. Right on, Fred. Thank you so much for saying the whiskey and being on the show. The first ever simulcast, first ever simul cheers here. Cheers. Thank you so much, man. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this one with you and I'm gonna uh, talk to my talk to my people here and then uh, we'll, All right, brother. We'll, we'll text. I'll talk to you later. Bro. All right, cheers. Cheers, brother. See, how do I turn that down? <laughs> I got it. Yep, you got it.